This is the Reds Hot Stove Room. The Reds are on the radio. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM Food Group, MSA Architects, Thompson McConnell Cadillac, and by Document Destruction. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... And this one belongs to the Reds! CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. And by Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. And a pleasant good evening, everyone. You know where we are, the Holy Grail Banks. Big applause now. Come on, let me hear it from you, Ryan Berger. Butcher, you're back there. A festive time of the year with the Christmas holiday and the New Year coming up. But uh, as far as the game of baseball is concerned, Tom Brenneman, a rather quiet time. Although you'd never know it by what transpired. I guess, in the last 24 hours. That is true. And you and I were talking uh, Merry Christmas to everybody and an early Happy New Year out there. Everybody stay safe, and uh, and God bless you all for this holiday season. But, you know, the, the big story locally, Yep. and we, we talked about this a number of times. We've gotten a lot of phone calls about it. People talked about it during the regular season, and it came to fruition finally that Zach Cozart is officially no longer a member of the Cincinnati Reds. He signed a three-year contract, got nearly $40 million to go play for the Angels of Anaheim. And so good for him. Congratulations to him. And we're sorry to see him go because I know you feel the same way as far as a man goes and a player goes. They don't come much better than Zach Kozar. No, he, he's the kind of guy that, uh, that any organization, whether you're sports-oriented or you're a, a business or a corporation in the business world or whatever the case might be, to have a guy like him, a great family man, uh, a guy who did nothing but bring positives to the table in the years that he spent with this organization. And I, I, sometimes I don't think I'm very bright, but it never dawned on me that uh, we'd see a change of positions for him. And a lot of us talked about uh, if he opted to travel the free agent road, there did not seem to be a whole lot of room uh, around the game of baseball with all the teams involved that someone would need a shortstop. And I heard him interviewed on MLB radio today, and, and he talked about that and talked about the fact that uh, he and his wife Chelsea talked about this whole situation and realized that if, if, if he were going to go the free agent route, if it meant changing positions, then that's what he would do. And obviously, uh, you got Andrelton Simmons playing shortstop at yeah, with the Angels, a young man considered to be as good as there is at that position defensively, and now Zach Cozart becomes a third baseman. And, and I think it, it will really help him as far as prolonging his career. Uh, obviously, there are demands at third base, but not nearly the same kind of demands as a shortstop. The ground you have to cover, the wear and tear of that position on a daily basis. So hopefully for a guy who's had so many injuries through the years, that this will be something that he can avoid and go play three good seasons out there in Anaheim and, and see how Paul plays out. I found some of his uh, his comments quite interesting as they pertain to Jose Peraza. And by the way, 749-7000 is our number to call, 749-7000. We will be taking a number of phone calls tonight, so please call. 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE is our toll-free yes, number. Out of town. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, he, he made the comment when asked about Peraza. He said, I really think this guy's going to be a good shortstop. He said what a lot of people didn't understand about him last year was that he was changing position so frequently. We saw him play a little bit in the outfield. We saw him play a lot of second base. We saw him play some shortstop when Kozart was out. And Kozart believes that once he can focus on being a shortstop, that we'll see a better shortstop than the games we saw Peraza play there the last year or two. Well, I've learned my lesson about that because it, I, I've said uh, three years ago there's no way in the world that uh, Eugenio Suarez could play short third base every day and be an asset to a team uh, because he struggled like the Dickens in, uh, in 2015. And now, for my money, he's as good as there is at that position in our league, save possibly a guy like Nolan Arenado who is considered to be the best in business. This guy is a big-time third baseman, and there's no reason to believe that Jose Peraza, uh, given the opportunity of playing one position and one position only, can't become a good shortstop. Well, we know Suarez has done it, and we'll see about Peraza. Look, the Reds need him to be a good shortstop. Yep. I mean, you've got to have a good shortstop if you're going to have a winning team. He may not have to be a guy that hits whatever he hits, but you have to have a player that you can count on to make the routine. And Peraza's obviously a good enough athlete to be more than capable of making the spectacular. But the routine is what he has to make day in and day out to become the player the Reds believe he can be. Meanwhile, Evan Longoria. And I, let me say this. Uh, Evan Longoria goes from the Tampa Bay Rays to the San Francisco Giants. They pick up a couple of minor league players. Tampa Bay does, but they also pick up San Francisco's starting center fielder in Denard Spann. There are a lot of people feel like now that this is going to have big-time ramifications as far as the ongoing talks of concern between the Reds and the San Francisco Giants that could possibly make Billy Hamilton a member of that ball club. I don't mean to throw you on the spot here, but, you know, we get a lot of phone calls. We did a number of times when the show first started this winter about Hamilton. And right. we, we know his strengths and weaknesses. I found this year it was quite interesting when I would talk to scouts from other teams. I found that, that they would look at you like you're a madman if you thought about trading Billy Hamilton because of the defense and because of his speed that he brings to you. There's nowhere written, you know, as a law that he has to be your leadoff hitter and be some guy who has a 360, 370, 380 on base percentage. There's no law that says he has to hit there, and Brian Price addressed that recently uh, when he was here for Reds Fest. But for the other things that Hamilton brings to the table, especially as a defender in center field, I was surprised a lot of people thought the Reds would be nuts if they thought about trading him. You surprised by that? I would trade Billy Ham. I would trade anybody on this club um, I, because my feeling is, if I'm going to finish last with him, I can finish last without him. Um, I find it really interesting that clubs take position. Oh, this guy's an untouchable. How many games you lose last year? You lost 94 games. I'm just using the Reds as an example. Uh, there's not a player on this ball club that I would not trade if I thought I could better myself. So, and in Billy Hamilton's case, uh, I, I find it interesting that Brian Price made the comments. He, I would say to Brian Price, well, who's going to lead off for you? Yep. It's easy to say that it's not etched in stone that Billy Hamilton has to lead off, and I agree with that. Then you tell me who you're going to lead off, knowing the personnel that we know and all the Reds fans know, tell me who's going to hit number one. The body of work for me, 
as far as Billy Hamilton is concerned, is such now that I would be very concerned down the road if he's ever going to give you the kind of yep. offense that you need to have for him to hit in the leadoff spot if you don't have an alternative. Oh, there's no question about that. I, I was talking with somebody the other day. I mean, to expect Billy Hamilton at 20, what, 8 now or whatever it is that he is, to expect him to all of a sudden become a guy who is going to be a, a 280 hitter and be a 340, 350 on base percentage guy, I, I think you'd be delusional into believing that's going to happen after watching him for the first five years of his career. And the other part of it that bothers me, Tom, uh, he's no more adept at bunting than he was when he came to the big leagues. And that's the thing that disturbs me more than anything. And people will say that want to defend it, well, it ain't as easy as it looks. The hell it isn't. When I talk to people who know how to bunt, and they will tell you, don't buy into that crap that people say, well, it's a whole lot tougher. There are simple fundamentals involved in bunting, and if you get the fundamentals down, you can get the ball down. And why he's not become adept, at, at bunting uh, and utilizing uh, as good a level of speed as maybe anybody in the game has today. And, I, hey, I'm the first in the fan club that will stand up and say that, for my money, he's the best defensive center fielder I've ever seen on this team. He's better than Geronimo. He's better than Eric Davis. He's number one. But I think in this case, it's a little bit more than just that. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will field your phone calls. 1-800-THE-BIG-1 if you're calling from out of town. And, of course, 749-7000 if you're calling locally. Hey, uh, by the way, the holiday's right around the corner. I know all of you may be a stocking stuffer, whatever it might be. Right now at $40, the Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale. It includes four ticket credits, good toward any combination of games next season. Plus, you'll get a new limited addiction luxury throw blanket featuring the Great American Ballpark skyline. Some restrictions do apply. We're in the kiosk at the Kenwood Town Center, or you can log on to reds.com slash holiday. Back with more of the Reds Hot Stove League in a moment. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by our friends from Budweiser. Enter Scooter's Scooter Sweepstakes yeah, for your baby. chance to win Scooter Jeanette's Yamaha Zuma 125 scooter. One-of-a-kind scooter presented to him in recognition of that five-hit, four-home run, 10-RBI game on June 6th. Only $10 per entry. See official rules at reds.com slash scooter. And all proceeds benefit the Reds Community Fund. Todd, before we continue, uh, and it certainly bears worthy mention tonight because... Uh, this past Friday, we as members of the Cincinnati Reds family lost a guy who was very near and dear to us. Tony Barton passed away this past Friday. He suffered a heart attack while in the hospital and passed away. And obviously all of us in the Reds organization and everybody who crossed paths with Tony over the years in the Reds Hall of Fame knew what kind of guy he was, knew how dedicated he was. Uh, to making the Hall of Fame better, making the Reds organization better. Worked very closely with, uh, with Rick Walls and, and Sherry Rowland and, and Chris Eckes, uh, especially Chris, who worked very, very closely across the street with Tony. Uh, was always a part of the caravan in, in late January and was a guy who could put a smile on your face. Uh, 
we cannot begin to put into words what a big, big loss it is for this organization. Our condolences go out to his wife uh, and all the other extended members of uh, Tony Barton's family. Uh, bad, bad time of the year. Uh, anytime you lose a, a loved one, it's a tough time. But uh, just the family members know that we're thinking about him. And, uh, boy, he's going to really sorely be missed uh, over here at Great American Ballpark. Thoughts and prayers to all, absolutely. Indeed. Now, an announcement made earlier today. Uh, I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but the Reds uh, announced that they've added veteran broadcaster Jim Day uh, to our radio team. Uh, in addition to continuing his work with Fox Sports Ohio and their broadcast lineup, Jim will uh, be a part of our radio play-by-play uh, team during times in which I'm away. Uh, will join me in the booth when Jeff Brantley uh, moves to the television side and will contribute content both for the pre- and post-game radio shows. Uh, and needless to say, I think everybody knows that we were sorry that Jim Kelch left. Yep. But we're thrilled for the opportunity now that Jim Day will have. Uh, you'll be hearing an awful lot from him during our spring training broadcast leading up to the opening game of the season on March the 29th. And for those wondering, he's still, as you mentioned, but uh, I know a lot of people, he, he's become very, very popular doing those pregames and really especially is. the postgame show, which is which is really uh, arguably the best postgame venue. And, and those at Fox, uh, the RSNs uh, around the country, will tell you that the setup in the postgame where he's over there down the third baseline on the plaza level is the single best setup in Major League Baseball for a post-game show. So on games he's not doing play-by-play on radio or TV, he will still be hosting that show. Well, you know, as someone once said a few moments ago, I don't mean, Dad, to put you on the spot. But on those days in which he's involved with radio, why would you not hire a very attractive young lady, which seems to be the trend around baseball now, on a club level. Well, as Ken Griffey once said, Ken Which Griffey Ken Jr. Griffey? Okay. Ken Griffey Jr. I know his old man didn't say it. No, but Ken Griffey Jr. once said, and I don't know who what the Reds. What did he once say? When the Reds were playing, and I don't know the team, <laughs> but the team had an extremely attractive woman who was their pre and post game show host, hostess. Which team? I don't remember oh, which okay. team. Okay. And Ken Griffey Jr. had been interviewed by this woman Certainly in the Reds clubhouse. Without a doubt. She walked out of the clubhouse. Yes. And standing in front of everyone, Ken Griffey Jr. looked at Jim Day and said, they have her and, and we, we have, have you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Uh, 749 800 or 1-800-THE-BIG-1. We're pleased to have Mike Mills producing our program yes, here indeed. from the Holy Grail Banks tonight. And we have a caller. Let's go to Independence. And, Butch, you have the important. What? Take it easy, Marty? Butch. I'm, I'm out here. Take a big, deep breath because I'm giving you the kind of introduction that you deserve. You have the incredible honor of being our very first caller. Well, it's an incredible honor to even talk to you, Marty. Thank My you, Butch. And what I love about you is you tell how it is. If I can win with you, I can win without you. Right. Or lose without you. Do you, uh, do you dispute and, that statement? No, I don't at all. Because you know what? As much as I like Joey Hamilton, yeah, he's a great defensive player, but how many games does he save us compared to how many games he cost us by not being able to get a key hit or get on base? 
your speed is great, but if you're not on base to run, it does us no good at all, period. And you got a guy named Joey Bada who, who can hit the ball. You need somebody on base to score runs. So I, I agree with you. I, I like Joey Hamilton, great defensive player, but if you can't get on base, you know, I'd rather have an average center fielder, average, that can get on base and produce runs than a great center fielder that can't get on base at all. That's my comments. Well, Butch, it's a very thought-provoking comment you made. Uh, it would be wonderful if Billy is still with this club come uh, February when we go to Arizona for spring training and all of a sudden uh, the light bulb goes on and, sure. and he figures out a way to become a higher percentage base runner because uh, we all know what he can do when he gets on base, and it's almost scary to think if he could improve his on-base percentage three or four or five percentage points, how many bases he would steal. Uh, it's just it, 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 it boggles your mind, and it's going to be an interesting next few months to see, uh, one, if Billy Hamilton is still with his club, and if he's not where he ends up right now, uh, the feeling is with all the conversations apparently that have been ongoing, I don't know if they're going on right now, but there have been conversations between Dick Williams uh, and Brian Sabian, I would assume, and uh, he's with the San Francisco Giants. So, I'm sure we're going to have other calls. In fact, when we come back after the break here in a minute or two, we're going to have a couple of other calls uh, that want to talk more about Billy Hamilton. Certainly. One thing that I, 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 I – real quick before we go to break, and we have one minute. When Brian Price was in town for – Reds Fest, yes. and was asked about the Reds starting rotation. Were you surprised when he said the following? Yes, I was. The guys that are in the rotation are Homer Bailey, Anthony DiSclefani. Good for both of them. Luis Castillo. Great. Brandon Finnegan. And the number five spot, at least on the surface, would start with the combination of Robert Stevenson or Sal Romano. You surprised by any of that? No, I was surprised with a lot of it. A lot of it. We'll talk more about that when we come back. We hear that music in the background, that bumper music. That's a great That's topic. the kind of music you listen to at home. It really is. It's very subtle. I really don't hear very well, so it's got to be a little bit louder than that. Well, your good friend and mine, P. Diddy, is talking about buying a football team. You listen to a little bit of that at home, right? Oh, are you kidding? I'm the biggest fan he's got. <laughs> this is the Reds Hot Stove League. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Thanks for coming out here tonight, folks, and thanks for listening to us. And we'll be back with more after this break. We're back at the Holy Grail Banks. Thanks for those of us. Uh, thank everybody here, Mike Jameson, everybody else who shows up here tonight. And of course, the voice of the Reds is back there, Joe Zerhusen. Uh, very, Tell you very what, I couldn't believe when I met Joe's son tonight. Now, you talk about a big, strong, handsome young man. He's a good football player in high school now. Yeah, and then you see his dad. Yeah, I know. Then you look at Joe. You wonder what the heck happened. And where he There got... are other situations that occurs as well. And, you know, we well, saw people. it tonight. We did? Well, he was here earlier. His son was here tonight. Yeah. Right before you got here, he left. I'm sorry about that because I'd sure like to have been able to sit down and chat with him about some things. Uh, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Dinsmore, once again offering off-season tours of uh, Great American Ballpark. Tours include the Reds Clubhouse, radio and TV booths, dugouts, and more. Two tours are offered each Saturday through March. And if you're interested, all you got to do is visit RedsMuseum.org for additional information. We'll get to the rotation. We don't want to 
hang Scott out yeah. to dry. Scott lives in Centerville. And, Scott, I take it you want to talk about Billy Hamilton. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Good evening to both of you. I, I just wondered, um, uh, Ozzy Smith obviously uh, started his career, at least what, from what I can remember, in the same fashion that Billy Hamilton did. He did not hit much early on, but learned to hit. And, but because his defense was so valuable, um, they looked past that. And I don't, I don't understand why it's so important that Billy Hamilton – I realize he needs to get on base. I, I Don't get me wrong. I, I do understand that. But he hit 245 last year. The major league average, I think, was 252. So why is it so important that he do so much better when he gives you so much at other uh, other things? Who were you talking about earlier? You know, Ozzy Smith, and I think he brings up a great point in, in, in relation to this because there was a time when you could knock the bat out of Ozzie Smith's hands when he first came up to play for the San Diego Padres. And you look at his first few years in the big leagues, he was 23 years old. I mean, this guy had an, an on-base percentage. Listen to some of these numbers. 311. This is on-base percentage now, not batting average. 311, 260. Hamilton's never been near that. 313, 294. And then as his career went on, he moves to St. Louis. To all of a sudden, the on-base percentage goes 340, 347, 355, 376, 392, 380. So he brings up a very interesting point in terms of a player who did not hit for a number of years early in his career and became a much better hitter. That's well, legitimate. I'll, I'll give you another one. I mean, uh, David Concepcion was the same way. And you could legitimately knock the bat out of his hands, and he became a very proficient hitter in the 260 to 275, 280 range. Uh, then I would then ask that question, how long do you then wait? Yeah. That's the question well, that needs to be answered. Well, my, again, my point is, in that regard, he's hitting 245. The major league average is 253. I'll take a little below average hitter when he gives you so many other things. Well, I, let me tell you let me tell you something. I, I, I don't disagree with what you say, but the one thing if you accept the fact that you're willing to go another year with him in the hope that his offense will be improved, the one thing he has never shown an inclination to do, and that's in the leadoff spot, take the base on balls. He right. will not walk. Well, and again, yeah. you get back to Ozzy Smith, and Herb, you're right. You get back to Ozzy Smith, the dad, you look at his first few years in the big leagues, he walks 47, 37, 41. Right. He goes to St. Louis, and he never became a huge walk guy, but the rest of his career, he's from 75 to 88. Right. So that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. Over the course of a year, when your batting average is also going from 211 and 230 and 222 and 243, to 276, 280, 303, 270. You get where I'm going here. Oh, yeah. So I, I think, Herb, that's the point. It's not that the batting average is what it is. You want it to be better. But he won't walk to increase the on-base percentage. That's where right. they are now. All right. Thank you very much, Herb, for your call. That would be Scott. This oh, is Scott, Herb. I'm sorry. I, I beg your pardon. Herb, uh, you're on the air calling from just up the road in Norway. Hey, good evening, guys. Pretty good, Herb. How you doing? 
good. I I just wanna I want I want to sell Nick Sandell here. I think he's a guy that should be coming up for the Reds to compete for Rookie of the Year. I think he needs the opportunity given. I feel like players that have been drafted after have been in the league producing. And I feel like he should be there every day, second baseman or somewhere in there to get a chance to draw fans and everything else for the Reds. Well, you know what, Herb, I think a lot of people look at Nick Senzel and that he is the future at second base for the Cincinnati Reds. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But two things you have to remember, Herb, first of all. They're moving him to second base for the first time this year. Right. We know he's played other positions in college and shortstop and all that kind of thing. But professionally, he's never been a second baseman. So he's got to make that adjustment first, and then he's got to hit. And they have Scooter Jeanette in front of him on the depth chart. we got to take a break. Uh, Herb, thank you for your call from Norwood, 749-7000, or the big one out of town. You're listening to the Red's Hot Stove League. We're back in a moment from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We are heading into the home stretch of this pre-Christmas and actually not New Year's because we'll be right back here. I'll be here with Jim Day coming up next Wednesday night for the Red's Hot Stove League. And speaking about Jim Day, let's go to Columbus. Harry, you're on the Hot Stove League. Talk to us. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Harry, we're doing very well. We hope you are. I am. I am. I really wanted to make it down there tonight to wish you both a Merry Christmas in person, but duty called, busy, busy at work, so I'll do it via the phone. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to both of you and you, you and yours. And, uh, yes, I want to congratulate Jim Day on being named to the Reds on radio team. I think he does a fantastic job when he fills in and does play-by-play, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to having him with us on the radio team, and as I say, uh, you'll hear a lot of him in spring training. We're going to give him a lot of work out in Arizona (laughs) as he gears up for the beginning of the baseball season, and uh, he got a lot of support. He got a great support group, and myself and Tom and Bradley and and uh, Chris Welch and everybody else involved, Yid, uh, uh, hopefully it'll be a smooth, uh, a smooth transition for Jim uh, to spend a whole lot more time on radio than he has uh, up till this season coming up. Well, I can't wait. I think we're under 100 days, so I can't wait till the season begins. Yeah, so I think you're again, 98 guys. or 99, I think, is where yep. we are right now, something like that. Yep. Can't wait. Opening day will be here before we know it. Yes, it will, Harry. You and your family have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, pal. I want to get back to this thing. I know you asked The rotation. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what surprised you about it? Brandon Finnegan? Yeah. But but I understand. uh, I know where Brian's coming from because I I would not be comfortable uh, opening the year in a five-man rotation. All five are right-handed. So I understand that. But at the same time, uh, for my money, Robert Stevenson and Sal Romano, uh, if I'm going to talk about a projected rotation, those two guys are going to be there along with Dee Sclafani and Homer Bailey and um, Castillo. And, uh, that's right, Luis Castillo. I was kind of surprised at the, at the approach he took. You know, you look at what Finnegan did the year before, and let's face it, he was the only guy that was there from start to finish in that rotation. He Correct. pitched, what, 190 innings, something like that, that year. So, And we know what kind of competitor he is. I mean, there is no debate about that. None. That young man wants the ball. Right. And he, he, he gives you everything he has every time he takes him out. But, you know, when you miss a full year 
And that's basically what he missed, a full year. To all of a sudden place him in that rotation rather than being in maybe the questionable part, maybe the fifth spot. Correct. I mean, if he says Romano and Stevenson, like you said, they're in. And then maybe that fifth spot's going to be this guy or that guy. Then I get it. But Brian's a manager, and and he's forgotten more pitching than I'll ever know. And so I'm sure being left-handed and being loyal, the fact that the year before, he was your your lone man standing when all was said and done to take the ball every five days. Well, aside from missing the entire season last year, the thing that uh, would concern me as much as anything is the fact that even though he took the ball on a regular basis uh, the year before, and piled up all the innings that you mentioned a moment ago, it was a an adventure from start to start if he was going to have, you're going to see him on a night in which he was throwing strikes or whether you're going to see him on a night in which he's all over the place yep. and he's gone by the third or fourth inning. I don't think the club can afford to go down that road again this coming season and have guys in their rotation that cannot command the strike zone. Well, I think if you look at at that group he talked about, I think you could say the same thing that we saw from Robert Stevenson last year. There was a large chunk of that season when when he got the ball, and he wasn't even with a big league club. But he finished very strong. Finished very strong. You know what I'm saying. We've seen him good and bad and can't find a plate. So that's why I thought more that you would hear – Romano is a strike thrower and is going to be a strike thrower. Exactly. Castillo is a strike thrower. Yes. He's a high pitch count guy because he strikes out a lot of guys. Right. Di Sclafani, if healthy, is undoubtedly a strike thrower. Homer Bailey And is. Homer Bailey is certainly, he's the best strike thrower they have on a team when healthy. No question. So, you know, uh, maybe a Stevenson-Finnegan kind of thing there at the end. And, and I also think that, obviously, the way their bullpen looks, and that from what we hear, that's where they're going to be you know, in, in full onslaught mode and trying to tighten that thing up at the end of the game. And Michael Lorenzen is getting a chance for the starting rotation. Uh, let me let me make a quick point here about the rota- uh, the bullpen. And I know Dick Williams talked that this is going to be the priority. My feeling is they need to go out and get another veteran starting pitcher. Uh, he doesn't agree with that. He's general manager. But my feeling is so far this club has done absolutely nothing. And I'm concerned that by the time they get around to deciding – and pinpointing what relief pitchers they want to bring in here with experience, all the good ones are going to be gone. Uh, and I'm quite honestly, and I think I speak with a lot of a lot of fans. I'm not interested in seeing two or three or four guys come in that have been with three, two or three or four different organizations and have never been able to cut it. We've gone down that road before, and it simply does not work. But then you ask yourself, in the bullpen, right? Yeah. Are you willing to? Are you willing to? And I'm just throwing out names. I got you. So nobody hold me to this. I'm not suggesting this is where they should be or what they shouldn't be. Correct. But if, for example, you made the decision that Stevenson's not in the rotation, all right? Finnegan, we know, has pitched out of the bullpen for a short time in Kansas City. Would you be comfortable? And we'll address this after the timeout with guys like Amir Garrett, among others, coming out of your bullpen and trying to get left-handers out. We'll talk about that when we come back to the Reds Hot Stove League in a moment. With Tom, I'm Marty. We're back at the Holy Grail Banks. We've only got a few moments left, and let's go to the phones in Hillsboro. Brian, you've been waiting a while. Thanks for hanging in with us. What's on your mind? Yes, uh, we talked, uh, it was brought up earlier about bunning, and it made me think, seems like the Reds have been horrible at bunning 
for several years now, um, from the position players to uh, even the um, pitching staff. Who's responsible for that? Would it be just the hitting coach? And then one last thought is, is there any other free agent starters out there on the market uh, available for the Reds, kind of in our price range? And interested in your comments, and I'll hang up. Thank you. Well, to answer your second question first, I don't think they're they're interested in in going after a starting pitcher. I think their efforts are going to lie in the area of relief pitching, um, and I I would I would think that not having the list of uh, free agent relief pitchers that are still out there, I've got to believe some there are those that can help this club. And as far as uh, Billy Hamilton, I mean, all that business as it relates to offense falls under the purview of Don Long, the hitting coach, and Tony Aramio, the assistant hitting coach. Uh, so if, if, if they can't teach the art of bunting properly, I'm sure there's somebody who can, uh, a current player. So uh, I, I don't know where you place the blame for Billy's inability to know how to bunt, but they are the guys that would be responsible first. Let's go to Union and Mike. A comment on Billy Hamilton. Yeah, Marty and Tom, Merry Christmas to you both. Same to you, Al. Three quick quick comments. Billy Hamilton uh, is defense first player. I would suggest that they'd be better off batting him seventh, eighth, or ninth instead of being the guy getting the most uh, plate appearances throughout the season. All right, who are you going to lead off with? Uh, My suggestion would be uh, giving uh, uh, Jesse Winker a shot out there because he does get on base. He's not afraid to take pitches. Well, that's assumed that uh, uh, Jesse Winker, under the current alignment in the outfield, is not going to play every day. Well, that's true. If Billy's still around, Jesse's not going to play a whole lot. But I could see they can play the four guys, not going to be equal time, but shuffle them in and out. But I think Winker you can get a good on-base percentage. I agree. I agree with that. That's a very good point. I think Jesse Winker would be a, an outstanding alternative. All right, you have two other points. Uh, one, the other quick thing I'm going to point, Tom, is you, you said earlier, I think Brandon Finnegan would do very well in the bullpen. He has experience, and uh, he's a left-hander. Uh, to go along with Iglesias, I think that would be a good combination uh, to see those two uh, in the back end of the bullpen. He's got to throw strikes. He's got to throw strikes. That's correct. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, very, right. very good points, Mike. We appreciate your comment. Very quickly, let's go for the final call. Amberly, Bob, you're on the air. Make it quick. Hi, fellas. Thanks for talking um, baseball in the middle of the winter. Um, had a kind of an alternate universe question. Uh, if Joey Votto could be, say, 30 or 40 years younger and he was a first baseman for the Big Red Machine, how many RBIs do you think he would get? With Rose and Morgan batting in front of him, it would be scary. He he, he would uh, he'd knock on the door at 150. Yes, he would easily. Uh, no no question at all about that. Now, that's, that's a very even, very good point. That's not even thinking of the fastballs, the number of fastballs that he would get with Joe Morgan taking a 15 foot lead. No no question about it. Great point to close out this program. Thanks, Bob and Mike and. Uh, Scott, all the other guys that called in tonight, and uh, we enjoyed the baseball chat. Tom, I'll see you and the family on Thursday morning. Looking forward to it. Friday, Friday morning. morning. I'm sorry, Friday morning. The other. Yeah. Yes. Merry Christmas to all. Yeah. Everybody have a great Christmas. And come back and see us next Wednesday night. Jim Day and I will be right here for another edition of the Red Hot Stove League. Thank you very much. <laughs>